everyone, and welcome back to the Finding Strength of Heart podcast. I'm Estella, and this week's episode is about worthiness and how believing that we are deserving becomes a driving force behind unlocking avenues of abundance for us. Arrogant, self-serving, spoiled, and greedy are some of the words I used to associate with wanting more of something, especially money. It felt selfish asking for more when there are others who are in less fortunate situations. I'm learning that abundance doesn't just mean more money. It also means getting to feel peace of mind, respect, joy, and the natural flow of all that we are meant to receive. Are we deserving of these things? Of course we are. If you're like me, you've probably attached your worthiness to your job being a parent, caregiver, or sibling, maybe even material things at some point. So what happens when something we do results in what we perceive to be a negative consequence? It doesn't feel good when we quote unquote fail at something, which translates to our value somehow also being diminished. Behind that unworthiness we're feeling is guilt for having let other people down as well as fear of their reactions toward us. Growing up, I internalized the belief that unless I scored an A or A-plus on tests or my classes, placed first or second in competitions, then none of my hard work mattered at all. I began taking piano lessons when I was four years old and playing recitals a few years later. I remember the first time I placed honorable mention in a piano competition when I was in eighth grade. After nearly a decade of placing first or second in every competition, for the first time, I didn't even place within the top three. And y'all, I was devastated. In my mind, everyone had this image of how I never failed at anything. Meanwhile, I was gradually being crushed under the pressure of upholding this very image. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. It's no wonder that I developed anxiety as an adult that at times was very debilitating. This is not to say that setting standards of excellence is a bad thing, but how about with those standards, let's also give ourselves grace, lots and lots of it. In other aspects of my life, receiving help from others and accepting compliments used to feel extremely awkward. It's only been in the last year or so that I've become more comfortable with saying thank you to receiving help and compliments being offered to me. Hidden behind the awkwardness was my belief that those words couldn't possibly be true about me. Why would people want to help me? What's the catch? There's always a catch. I became an expert in deflecting or dismissing compliments and telling people, thanks, but really, I'm okay. I didn't want to inconvenience anyone. And I didn't want to feel like I owed anyone. Years of being verbally and emotionally bullied led me to believe that I had to work hard to fit in, to be accepted, and to be loved. And there were always conditions attached. I understand now that with every deflection and dismissal, I was indirectly saying that everyone else was deserving of receiving kind words and generosity, except me. Another trigger point was sharing my achievements. Actually, it was even more awkward to talk about my career highlights. We are taught to be humble and not brag about ourselves. I can remember instances in the past when I would share photos showing moments I was really proud of. 
celebrating them would be short-lived because there would be people who expressed what I now know to be projected jealousy. I learned pretty quickly not to celebrate my achievements for fear of being shamed. When I was a country music journalist, I wrote bios for people and generally had a short turnaround time for completing them. The first time I had to write my own, it took months. I've had a lot of amazing opportunities and experiences in my career within a short time. Why is it so difficult to write about them? It all came down to my feeling that, as amazing as these opportunities and experiences were, they still weren't worth mentioning. Here's one of my favorite analogies about self-worth. Imagine finding a crumpled $20 bill on the ground. As you pick it up, you see that it has been ripped into pieces and taped back together. So what is it worth? The value is still the same. $20. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? The exact same thing applies to our self-worth. Negative things people say to us and the weight we carry around believing we are constantly being judged can cause unnecessary distress. I've come to learn that most of the time, those people are hurting deeply and therefore the things they're trying to project onto us actually have nothing to do with us, which ultimately means their words and actions about or towards us do not change our value. You get to choose whether or not to believe the negative things people say about you. Life isn't going to be roses and rainbows all the time. We don't have control over what people will or won't say or do to us, but we do get to choose how we react to them. I choose compassion for their pain and kindness for myself. I've spent the last five or so years unlearning and letting go of old beliefs to make way for new ones. In this next chapter, I'm on a mission to find ways to embody the belief that I am deserving of things like abundance and success, which will inevitably lead me to receive them. Recently, I found myself downplaying my efforts yet again. Wait, I thought we were past this. The thing with healing is that you don't ever reach a finite destination. There's not a set timeline for completion on your healing. I'm coming off of a four-month hiatus from my podcast and coaching. And there were days where the thought, I haven't done anything podcast or coaching related, had me feeling pity for myself. What I was internalizing was that because I wasn't publishing physical product, posting on social media every day, or seeing money being deposited into my bank account, I wasn't being productive enough. After moving into my new home, I knew my body and mind needed a recharge. And the longer I didn't allow for that to happen, the longer I was blocking the natural flow of inspiration. Take this very episode, for example. I got the idea for the theme in June, but it wasn't until last week that the words flowed out without my having to force thoughts onto paper. I've been doing a lot of mindset work with two coaches. Shout out to Dr. Beverly Wixom, who is helping me discover and fine tune my beliefs around abundance and to Whitney Barbary for helping me reaffirm to myself that there is nothing that I need to fix about myself for people to want to buy from me. I just need to show up as my unfiltered and unwatered down self. This was also a major aha moment for me because that's the heartbeat of my own message as a self-acceptance coach that I want to model for my clients. I look at how I used the past four months to rest and recharge and then invest in myself, making it an intentional practice to clear out old beliefs, 
and filling my mind with new beliefs around money and abundance. I trusted that the mindset shifts, growth, and expansion would lead to creating content for my podcast episodes and coaching programs, and I'm already seeing evidence of this. Turns out, I was plenty productive. One of my favorite things to do is refresh spaces around my home because I do not feel inspired in cluttered spaces. Every six to eight months, I'll change out or rearrange furniture, create new layouts for photos and artwork, or do a general reorganization. In the same way, clearing out mental clutter helps make room for new beliefs and thoughts. Things cannot flow in if your mind is still holding on to beliefs that you aren't deserving of money, love, joy, and anything else you might want to invite more of into your life. Hang on to those beliefs long enough and you may experience a physical clearing up. This is our body's way of removing the toxicity it's been collecting. It's very involuntary. And because our minds are connected to our bodies, when we encounter mental blocks, we also end up feeling discomfort or can come down with an illness. When I recognize this happening to me, I take it as a sign that things are about to start flowing again. I have also found it helpful to detach my value from my productivity level and achievements. Even though I didn't get through my entire to-do list today, that doesn't make me a lazy person. Even though I didn't get the job, that doesn't mean I'm not smart. Even though I didn't get the grant I applied for, doesn't mean my business idea or plan is a bad one. Even though I'm asking for help, that doesn't make me an incompetent person. One doesn't cause the other to happen or not happen. The next step is forgiveness. This has been a powerful piece for me. Until I forgave myself for all the times I believed I wasn't worthy, I would never feel deserving of any abundance or success that came my way. I'll share more on forgiveness in a future episode. For now, let's reframe the concept of wanting more because that makes us sound greedy, which is not the motive here. I've started to say I deserve better because I believe there's always room for improvement. To me, saying I deserve better removes the guilt and shame we often attach to words like greed and pride for wanting things like more money. The fun part is you, not anyone else, but you get to decide what better means for your life. I put this into practice in May when I began the search for a new home. I loved my previous home and will always be grateful for the healing that took place while I lived there, but it was marked with memories of trauma and I felt like I deserved better. I started saying multiple times a day, I deserve better and named the things I wanted my new home to have, an abundance of natural lighting, efficient storage options, office space that is separate from my bedroom, less than seven steps leading to my front door, and stronger water pressure, all within my desired price range. I believed that I could find a home without compromising what I thought I deserved. Twice, I thought I had found it, but both fell through. And then... There it was. Love is in the details, y'all. Something seemingly small like water pressure is such a beautiful gift from God. And I'm so grateful I get to call this my home for the next little while. It's also worth mentioning that in a culture of right or wrong, when something doesn't work out the way we would have wanted it to, 
we have been conditioned to believe that somebody must have done something wrong. When the reality is, it either wasn't a good fit to begin with, or it gradually became clear that it was no longer a good fit. An example of this is so beautifully played out in one of my favorite television series of all time called Schitt's Creek. We see the evolution of the romantic relationship between Alexis and Ted. In the final season, they both realize it wasn't going to work out in the long run, but not because both people didn't give it their all. Their inevitable growth individually created circumstances which resulted in them growing in different directions and the eventual demise of their romance. So how do we move past right or wrong, the should, could, and would-haves that come in the aftermath of our decisions and actions? Making a mistake implies we've done something wrong, which then translates into a hit on our self-worth, thus affirming the belief that we aren't deserving. But what if we said, what can I do differently? This promotes a growth mindset. My default response for many years when met with conflicts or challenges was, oh no, what did I do wrong? In this season, I've been asking myself, what am I doing right? I name them and then I celebrate them. I express gratitude for finding evidence of my choices leading to me feeling worthy. Because at the end of the day, feeling deserving comes from within us. No one else can give it to us or take it away from us. What is something you feel deserving of that you'd like to invite more of into your life? Let me know on Facebook or Instagram at Finding Strength of Heart, or you can email me at findingstrengthofheart at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Finding Strength of Heart podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Please let me know by leaving a rating and review. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Finding Strength of Heart or via email at findingstrengthofheart at gmail.com. Until next time, take care of you and we'll chat soon.